Collegiate Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 231. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi, Ross, Ross, Jedi, Jay. As always, so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here in the L5J studio. This week, joining me all the way from Michigan. Surprise, surprise, I've got a Michigan comic creator on my podcast. Aren't you all shocked? You shouldn't be shocked. Uh, I am here with the co-writer letterer and a color cover artist behind staunch ambition mr brian lau dude thanks so much for hanging out with me again tonight yeah man i was so looking forward to talking to you again man i'm a big fan of your show and i haven't had to throw a wrench in your introduction there i am born and raised from michigan but i acquired a job in ohio and i've been like during the week staying in Ohio oh, and then trekking back right. to Michigan every weekend. Right. So. I did know that. We talked about that at whatever damn last show we were at. Maybe Motor right. City. Did you know at last Motor City that that was happening? Uh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. I had to because I've been here almost two years and I love the job, but man, it's, uh, you making me wish I was in Michigan by telling he's in Michigan. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, no, your Michigan's at least the Michigan blood is flowing in your veins. Yes. I mean, yes, everything. And we have to mention that because there's something in the water there. As I've said many times over, the community in Michigan is outstanding. It's full of crazy talent and the one most special thing about Michigan is its family atmosphere, is the tightness between all the creators there. Like, you you see it in other places, but there's something about Michigan that uh, everybody's trying to lift everybody else up, you know? Yeah. It's like the, the most humble comic community that I've ever experienced, you know? It's glad. It's glad that somebody, uh, an outsider like you, uh, sees that and, and feels welcomed because uh, we don't let everybody in on this, but... Uh... Well, that's what I hear. So, yes, it definitely No, I'm just messing with you. But, uh, <laughs> no, it is great. And I actually, I'm dying to get out to uh, uh, Toronto's, you know, some big cons out by your way. Uh, if I can ever make it, that would be great. So. Hey, man, if you ever make it out this way, I got an extra bed for you to sleep on. So, do your Oh, thing. man. This, That'd uh, be great. Dude, coming up March 17th, we got Toronto Comic Con happening. And this is going to be awesome. a special one because there is a bunch of Michigan folk coming up. Source Point Press will be there. Uh, Casey. They're, they're tri- everywhere. Oh, yeah. So, but it's about time they came up here and I've been bugging them for several years to do that as well. Bob Sally's coming out from Boston. Oh, sweet. You know? I want to meet him. Yeah. I've been, so, uh, I got to know him a little bit through Facebook and whatnot. My gosh. You know, speaking of Bob Sally and yourself, I'm I'm such a big sci-fi comic fan, and there's yeah. so much amazing stuff happening right now in that genre, and it's 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 getting kind of I'm seeing a lot of like different experimental like the true nature of sci-fi is kind of coming back where it's not your typical space battles and you know your right. typical like you know starship floating through space fighting aliens like. It's getting back to like a '70s vibe. It's getting back to like a Ray Bradbury vibe of you Ooh, know yes. these Stanley Kubrick type 
outlooks on things. Stuff like Twilight Star- Zone. Oh yeah, staunch ambition. Uh, we were just talking about the Salvagers. Even though Salvagers is, you know, it, it's kind of it's it's like spacefaring in its nature. It's a completely right. original outlook on that genre, right? Right. Uh, there's a book right now called Neon Black out of Toronto by Kevin Briones, and it is one of the most stunning, very much not, uh, it doesn't look like staunch ambition, but very much in the same vein of the style as far as a very okay. serious, maybe very, uh, no, the look of it more. It's oh, just, the style it's of the art. Yeah, yes, full it, render paints or stuff. And, yes, exactly. And it's, right. it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, uh, it's just out there. There's so much originality to it. You know, I love it. And we talked about this last time we spoke on the podcast is one of the things I love about staunch ambition is that it is in a way, it's got that feel of a throwback to that serious mind fuck type sci-fi you know that we experienced with kubrick in 2010 and stuff like that you know oh yeah i I, that's the best part of sci-fi is getting into these kinds of um, aspects of like deep moral quandaries or people having to make decisions or what i mean that was twilight zone probably was one of the greatest tv shows and that you know as a kid watching it you just you just captivated with these situations people are put in and and you're like you know and you can do great things with like imagination and things that don't actually exist in the real world but the principle of it applies to everyday life so i love it i resonate with that and i I, one of the reasons i'm doing sci-fi i'm a big fan but i'm a really a big fan of uh theology philosophy and history and you know, certain ideologies, epistemology. So I, sci-fi is a great uh, tool to delve into those realms. Well, it's nice also that you, you, you treat your audience with respect. And I love a book that's written like that. Like you're not reading it just, you know, bang, crash, boom. You know, it's not for dummies. This is a book that right off the bat, you're asking a lot of questions and that's a book that I love what's going on not in a confusing way but like because of what people are saying and the the subtle setups that you're making you're right. already asking yourself interesting questions <clears throat> like what's going on here like you you instantly want to know the scenario of who are these people what is awesome this ship situation? that's awesome man I, I, what you said makes me think something there's a big pet peeve of mine even even with the way I raise my kids um, in fact, I was just talking to my son tonight. He's looking at different colleges and whatnot. And he, um, I was just telling him, I've always tried to teach you guys not what the correct answer is, but what, how do you find out the correct answer? You know, so mm-hmm. the means by which you troubleshoot. And so spoon feeding when you're writing, I, I hate that. I hate when there's the joke and then they got to spoon feed you the punchline or something. Or I hate when it's like I like things where you can read between the lines or at times. And to a degree, you got to be careful playing with that. But um, the way you worded what you said made me think that maybe that's something you did appreciate, hopefully. So um, that's something I do consciously try to achieve. Well, I definitely do in the manner, too, that once the book was end, was over, you, you know, obviously – I want to know what continues with the story in issue two, but there were so many other questions left unanswered, but not like plot hole questions, just general serious inquiries because you set things up. You obviously know what's happening in the story. You get a feel for the characters. By the end of the story, you know what's happening. 
you know, you, you kind of, you know, you're, you're with it. You understand the situation, but there's still more questions like, who, who is this or what is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Gotta I have questions. It's not, I want to read issue two, not just to know the next panel. I, there's a, I want to know all the panels because I want to see this whole complete story to keep flushing out. You know what I mean? Because you didn't oh, yeah. set it up like, it's not like, it's not like there was a setup. You kind of it was bang into it. You know, oh, I mean? yeah. you dropped us right into there. I definitely like, wanted that. I was is, going for yeah. I was going for Breaking Bad. I probably told you this last time, but going for something like Breaking totally Bad. Totally exactly. I wanted it to Breaking be right Bad. in the middle of the shit. Yeah. And yeah, or yeah. like a James Bond movie starts or something, or or even the Abyss. Do, yeah, you yeah. The Abyss in the beginning where you have all this like you get a little bit of characters interacting all of it, and all of a sudden the, you know the hurricane comes and. All the shit's happening, and and you get to know the universe. You get to know some of these characters and some of the people and the way they think in their in their environment. But uh, all of a sudden, you also, uh, you know, have this action kind of happening. And then we're writing issue three, and I'm real excited about we're getting into some backstory of the characters too in the midst of all this. So you know, I'm gonna get some, get into some like personal aspects of Riel and uh, Azarus and um um some of the other characters. Yeah, you did a brilliant job of setting them up with just enough. You know what I mean? Like cuz you know mm. you you got like what a handful of characters in the first issue, right? Sure. It's not like you're focused on one or two and it's not like you're focused on 10 or 20. You got this nice little handful of characters that you're able to each set up one by one, leave you wondering what these people are about yet understanding their role in the story. And that's something I really, really appreciated. I, it's just great all around, man. Like it's thanks, thanks it, a lot. It, man. It's a sci-fi setup to a T. Like it should be textbooked in a way, you know, wow. because it, every beat is there. Your beats are beautifully laid out. I think maybe that's what I'm trying to get at. It's, mm. it's, it's, it, it makes sense as you go along, even though you're you're wondering because you kind of got dropped into this universe. You know, it's not like James Bond where they drop you in and you're like, okay, even though we're in the middle of it, I know that's James Bond. I you're right. It is a little guy. different. I don't know, you know, I know that he's the guy, he's my protagonist or whatever, but you drop us in, we have no idea what the hell's going on, yet things immediately start to very slowly place themselves. And it's not yes. confusing, you know, it's very nicely laid out. So good. So that's the questions what I'm are there. The questions you're, 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 that's the, I think the job of the writer. And uh, even to a degree, I'm, I know what's happening with Nimrod and with, uh, Azarus and Riel and some of these other characters, but I'm also intrigued too, because I don't have, everything's not exactly set in stone. There's certain plot points and character arcs that I know I'm going to address. Right. But I, I have, I have so many ideas it's insane <laughs> that, um, you know, to, to, for me, one of the reasons I wanted to co-write with someone is because, you know, being not a not, not a published writer or I'm not a particularly I'm terrible at grammar and spelling and writing. <laughs> I think I could tell That's stories. That's what editors are for. Come on. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I, I think I could tell a story. But at the same time, I hate writing. So I, I two reasons was I was a little, you know, um, intimidated to just come out and write, I'm going to write my own epic story. But then too many choices of I could do this and I could do that. And so having somebody to co-write with is uh, quite a uh, help as far as just they'll 
take everything I just regurgitate at them and then they'll go, okay, bam. Right. They're not, it's not as precious to them as it is to me. And I, you know, I'm afraid to make a move in this direction or that direction. And this is John McNichol. Yes. Yeah. Well, I got John McNichol on the first two, uh, uh, books. Right. And then I, uh, uh, also had an editor that was friends with him. And John has moved from state to state, uh, for his job and he's got like seven kids and he's very busy. And so it was tough to collaborate with him. So I, I have a new editor, editor Leah, uh, Letterman who edits with uh, like Dirk Manning's books and different oh, right uh, source point press. Actually. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. I heard her on uh, uh, comic pros and cons with Dirk Derek. And I was really impressed with her, and I reached out to her. So she's editing my uh, issues from now on. And then also I started to become impressed with her desire and uh, what I believe her ability to write. So I've asked her to co-write with me now. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. So we're I'm kind of just busy with issue, wrapping up or fi- figuring out this issue, too, as far as rollout. But uh, we've already started working together. It's kind of cool bringing a woman on because you've already yes. established women to your credit as some of your main characters and some powerful characters. Yes. Like, you know, the, you know, right off the bat, some of the people in charge in this book are women. Was that a super conscious thought or did you just kind of roll with that or? Uh, it's something that uh, just seemed right. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, it's uh, having a, you know, in the future, you know, this this story is supposed to take place like it could have happened in our future. And, right. you know, with technology and with everything, there's this kind of uh, intriguing um, um, merging of the genders as far as uh, what does it mean to be a, like one of the th- questions that I want to get into with her Azarus. Uh, is what does it mean to be male or female? And that's a very good question these days. But at the same time, with as technology progresses, and let's say that women don't even give birth to babies out of their womb anymore. I mean, they just have incubation labs, you know, around. And the technology right. there. So why was a woman going to carry a baby around for nine months when you can just have a baby through an incubation lab? And so, like, this distinction between male and female uh, with technology becomes, uh, it, it kind of, is it is there really a distinction? Should there be? And so, there, yeah, having her there is intentional, because it seemed right, and that's one of the issues I want to kind of deal with, and so. Right. Yeah. Well, that's it'll be helpful having a woman co-writer then to you know yes, maybe it, even get a you know more realistic point of view on the feminine side. I guess I'm not saying yours isn't, but you're what? not a, you're not a chick. You know what I mean? I'm not a chick. Unless you're yeah. hiding something from me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm uh, no. Yeah, it is good. It's 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 good to get a, a female perspective because. Uh, we are we you know we there's so many differences and there's so much there's such a, a the way the balance it can balance you know i know you're married so you got this yeah. the, the differences are sometimes annoying as shit but at the same time <laughs> there's this helpful balance to where we both can kind of try to see the world in a better healthy place yeah it's so weird to me that you know there's a species in existence the human species and it got split completely down the middle. So there's these two completely different sides to these, to this one creature that has to constantly live together. Do you know what I mean? They cannot procreate without each other, yet half the time doesn't get it along with each other. 
It's it's a maddening concept. And so, to me. That's, so that's an interesting like these concepts are so interesting because like if it wasn't for procreation, right. imagine that there was no sex and sexual attraction. Yeah, like we would probably be at war with each other in certain respects. Who knows? But or the complete but, opposite, we'd all be like robotic androgynous, like just beings. You know what I mean? Like on some weird Star Trek episode. You know, <laughs> I remember that time Riker. There was one episode where Riker fell in love with this. Uh, like it was a woman playing it, but it was meant to be an androgynous, like alien being, cool. and that had no gender. Yet Riker had feelings for this he slash her, you know, androgynous creature. That was a really interesting episode. But they totally dove right into that. Like, what's it mean to be a man? What's it mean to be a woman? You know, exactly. Does, yeah, that does that really even equate when it comes to love? Does any of that matter? You know, it's, it's deep questions you're drudging up here, Brad. Yeah, what does it mean? What does it mean to be uh, animal or human? The distinctions there is another one we I, I want, I'm going to yeah. uh, delve into with uh, Azarus is one of the main characters is a genetically engineered splice between human and animal, right? With no sexual or, organs, so he's androgynous. So it's a yeah. um, you know gets into some you know those those intriguing concepts, man. So I'm 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 having fun. I mean I'm enjoying. I mean it's. Uh, I'm stressed out. It's a lot of work, uh, but at the same time, I'm I'm happy with, you know, when I get stuff done. And I wish I could do it quicker. I, I'm, <laughs> this, is, this is my angle. You know, it's life is tough, man. But this is my angle. Uh, everybody wishes they could do it quicker. <laughs> uh, yeah, like this this weekend, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get this 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 and this done. And I, you know, I got half of what I was hoping to get done, but you know, because <laughs> so many things happen. I, I lost like an hour working on Kickstarter on right. Kickstarter building it. Yeah, and it wouldn't save. Oh, I yeah. even posted it. Oh no. So I, I I it just prompted me could not save. Oh. I'd go to save. Could not save. Nothing about why. Nothing yeah, about there was. I couldn't figure out, so I had to copy stuff out of there. And tech oh gremlins, man, nasty little tech gremlins. You know these but, kickstarters? Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, if you want to say something. No, I was just gonna say it's you know one of the things over five years of doing this show now is the amount of people I've talked to who you know either are throwing, learning to throw, have thrown kickstarters. It's been crazy. It's been yeah. so educational and cool to see all the different approaches. I've never thrown a Kickstarter. You know, I've never had cause to. But I honestly feel like I could on some level give people advice because I've just Oh, exactly. I've talked to so many people about the stresses, yeah. the joys, the heartaches, the you know, the hard sleepless nights and yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you can get into the mentality. I'm sure even as a fan, I mean, with my first one, I remember you messaging me something along the lines as, wow, man, it was down to the wire. But I mean, so you kind of can get into that adrenaline rush. Oh yeah. Of, uh, it's all or nothing. So yeah. no, what I was going to say is, is I like to focus on the positive when I'm not complaining. So <laughs> the positive is, yeah, I can't crank these things out like I would like to, but are they quality? Is it quality? What I'm doing? Um, you already have a poll list of a certain books that you're having to buy. So the good news is 
I'm not cranking out books every month that you have to fork out money for. So you can enjoy it, but it's not just something, you know, hitting your pocketbook right. constantly. I wish and it was hitting mine more, to be honest. I know, Go ahead. I know. Go ahead. But, but at the same time, you'll make room for it because it's not every month. Right. And then uh, it's like the drama builds of the next issue, too. So these are the positive spins. Like the Harry Potter didn't come out every month. True. So true. true. You know, and it's a lot of work. It's it's hard to juggle with the the family day job and whatnot. And I'm, I know a lot of people are doing that, but uh, so yeah, I'm just making sure it's right though too. So yeah, well it t- it, t- it does. It takes so much time. I was just uh, I was at an event yesterday talking to my friend Anthony Ruckgazer, and he's got a project going, a Kickstarter for uh, his book Heroes of Homeroom C. And right. I, I swear he's aged 10 years in the past week. <laughs> you know, he's just like, it consumes you. It becomes everything you think about, everything you worry about. Yeah. Could, could I have done this differently? What if I had done that? Oh, yeah. I'm not know? doing anything right. It's, you, you, know? Know, you wonder every time, you know, should I be doing this more? Should I be doing that more? And I think a lot of it, it's hard because for some people, it comes down to. Uh, some people aren't, you know, a lot of comic artists are introverted people. They're not flashy show, you know, you salesmen, you know, right. they don't have those sides to them. And it's very difficult. You know, you got a guy like Dirk Manning, a guy who, you know, right. already does killer work. But then on top of it, he's, 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 he's that guy. He's Dirk Manning. His personality, yeah, right. He's got he's, personality. He built his Kickstarter audience before there was a Kickstarter. You know, just he did it con by con, handshake by handshake, and he would never try to sell you something right away. He would always first look at it as an opportunity to maybe make a new friend. Right. And yeah. and then he would kind of gently go into it. I've, I've had to learn that. You know, you come, it's kind of like, kind of like in the beginning, you're so excited about something like yeah, there's almost some, nothing worse than like a new convert to whatever it is, you know, some yeah, new, yeah. some new ideology. But so they're overly excited, and so it's been a learning curve, you know. I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to figure that balance out of okay, I'm excited about my book, but okay, just forget about that, and then just you know, be real and yeah. uh, let the chips fall where they may. But I, 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 oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I, I no, you that, go but, ahead, Brian. Oh, no, I got it. okay. I got something. <laughs> So I, I do, you know, as creators, we put a lot of thought into, you know, how to market or, or present it. And, uh, you know, you've been doing uh, what episode is this? You said 231. Damn. Yeah. Nice. So this is like you put a, you hear people come on like me, blah, 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 this character, <laughs> that character, blah, blah, blah. And your eyes glaze over and, and this is cool and this. I've decided to take a different approach to marketing. So instead of telling you, oh, this is great, this, that, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna market my book as what it's not. See? So, you know, for instance, like that, uh, when you're like in the shower, right. you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, the most comforting warm water and the smell, you, you, you got your exotic, um, shampoo with like exotic uh, fruits ivory springs smelling whatever yeah ivory whatever spring. scent that soap that you love the smell and then you fart <laughs> and, and it's all of a sudden everything's just ruined and there's this nasty smell that's not what my book's like okay just to give you guys an idea i got or like you're in public you know and you're standing there out maybe shooting pool with your friends and, and this uh, beautiful 
woman like waves at you and you like wave back and then you realize that she's waving to the person behind you. That's not what my right. books are, you know, that kind of <laughs> uncomfortable feeling. So I got that's where I'm going to start going with uh, explaining can, my book from now on. I'll explain your book from now on. Uh, staunch ambition is something that even though, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm starting to see more of, yours was totally a diamond in the rough when I first came across it. And like I say, there's some great sci-fi out there, and I love a good, you know, space pirate opera as much as the next guy but i am also hugely into that the the feeling of of, i like when sci-fi when it's used as more when it's used as an art form when it's not just when it's not just machines that look like machines because they need to be machines you know like 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 legion have you seen legion I, oh, the new TV show? No, I yeah. haven't seen it yet. Uh, the new Legion show. It's an X-Man show. It's a mutant show. But it's right. shot like it's 2010, A Space Odyssey. Oh, it is, sweet. It yeah, is I want to check that out. The cinematography, just the lensing, everything about it is just beautiful. Right. It's You're talking gorgeous. about Alien or, or the yes, Thing yeah. or yeah, The yeah. Abyss or – um, it's the greats. Yeah. Well, a friend of mine, uh, uh, you met Jeff at C2E2, I think two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he had messaged me, we worked together and he had messaged me, uh, that this, the sci-fi channel has never done anything good. And I'm like, <laughs> well, and they did Battlestar Galactica, which is one of the greatest, my favorite TV shows ever, but there is so much crap. If you turn on a sci-fi channel and you see this kind of just, you know, your cliche, basic, you know, s- tropes in sci-fi, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it doesn't really offer you much, in, you know, like, intriguing. And one of the other reasons, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, is I, uh, having a co-writer was building a sci-fi universe that's believable is, is – it's a hefty task. And so that was something that uh, I've been – building this universe for a long time and i'm you trying stayed to kind of grounded though like you didn't have to you know like you've got a really cool idea of where you are like when you when you after you've read the first few pages you kind of realize what's going on you realize what staunch ambition is you know you you, you kind of realize the setting and you get in tune with it and you're like okay this is this is cool this is not now and this is not what's happening but it could be like your future, you know, your future could easily be a future. And mm, you know, yeah, that's what that's what's scary is you want it to be believable. Yeah, I'm trying to think of well, if this technology exists, then how would that affect, you know, the mentality and the speech and whatnot? And yeah, of course, you can never do it perfect. I'm a, I tend to be a perfectionist, at yeah. least try to be. But uh, that's something that you you want to try to figure out. You know, you don't want to just have a cool. Um, uh, cool looking gizmo you want to have something that okay if that exists you know then how would that change society i don't know so yeah 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 totally one of my favorite i don't think this really spoils anything from issue one but one of the coolest concepts that you came up with was they got excited to take out the trash yeah yeah yeah. and trash you know because this is something that is a rare commodity for them this is something that isn't something that comes up too often and you know, your presentation of the trash and how it's disposed is something I would have never thought of. It's, it's so oh, 
completely out there and original. That was one of my favorite parts of the book. Was honestly, Sweet. you I know, them that taking live out. action, man. I just I... that's one thing, and I, you know, you can say this about a lot of books and about a lot of comics. Uh, you know that they make great TV shows or great movies. Right, this right. would make a fantastic fucking movie. Like, oh, man, yeah. it, the, I've I've read few comics that felt like they were movie adaptations without the movie. Oh, sweet. Did yeah, you know cinematic. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why I mean, that's a big part of the draw is to try to come up with a storyboard and and see it in real time. I you know, Looney Tunes, one of the great the the how amazing it was that they would just live act out some of the sequences that they were going to draw animated. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of like a mentality that I think I try to strive for is uh try to in fact, one of the things we'll be talking about that post that we were talking about before the show. Right, right. They, as we were talking about, you know, trying to do kickstarters and different yeah. angles on it. But the sequence going on there, I'll be explaining and that I, that was something that I really was wrapping my head around and the actual like if we were filming it Right, right, right. So, and, and then how to convey it. It's a, your timing is just dead on because it felt like as you know it was ramping up near the end, you felt that ramping coming up, and you you just kind of nailed it when you said you wanted it to kind of feel like it was happening as it was in real time. And the dialogue's excellent. Like I don't know, then you say wow, your grammar, thanks, you say your grammar sucks or whatever, but your co-writer must be really have hashed it out nicely with you because this is this is screenplay quality dialogue you've got well, going on thanks. in this book, man. It's it's no words wasted. There's not there's not too much like uh, preposition or nonsense. They're just saying what they need to say, right. and it feels natural what they're saying as a reaction in the moment. You know what I mean? Awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. To hear that is a big help because it's like, you know, you, you get an, I get isolated for times working on this stuff. And it's like, you know, you just, you just kind of wondering, you know, I'm like in the cave, you know, right, and once right. in a while the light shines through <laughs> and, and I hear some words in my head, but no, to hear that, you know, get validation. So if, if you like that issue one, then dude, you're going to love issue two and three. I know too, because I've already got yeah. about, issue three half you know written and then uh we're starting to do the illustrations on it so yeah issue two is gorgeous man i can't wait even just the little bits you've shown I, i've shared happened. with yeah. you not public i just recently shared the cover to issue two which okay. you saw earlier yeah. gorgeous but uh, i've also shared with you a couple interior pages that are just breathtaking stunning they are they're just stunning and, and i can say that because i have people that i'm working with that are just amazing <laughs> it's you know, I have a lot of books on this show and, you know, I'd never talk shit about books or whatever. You know, some are better than others. But this is – this book in particular of all the books I've had on the show is one of the ones that's in a handful of books that is special to me for Sweet. several reasons. And one of the – the number one reason is it's just an epically beautiful, amazing book all around. Every little bit of it I love. The second is I like you, Brian. Oh, cool. and, <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking forward well, to being like on the show, saying, man. I'm, I you're think... a mellow guy, and I know you're like most artists. You can be a worrier. You know what I mean? Sometimes oh, they yeah. need to hear it. And this is truly one of the books that I think should be out there more. I think everyone should be reading this book, and I will do what I can. Okay, I'm not going to answer this, but Jay Foz gets calling again. Jay, <laughs> he's cutting we... in. Yeah, go ahead, answer. <laughs> no, he's done that. He's done that like 
So you've already done that. Dude, uh, the past like the podcast, times yeah. I was recording. I, I was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Listen. He's got weird timing. He did it yesterday when I was in the Sidekick uh, comic uh, cafe there, too. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, I was just trying saying, to interrupt you because you were, you were speaking too highly over, over his book. So That's exactly, you know what? <laughs> no, I wouldn't just... be too surprised. Um, <laughs> we love you, Jay. Uh, yeah, this book, seriously, awesome. it needs to get out there. I, I think... I think so many more people would love it if they just had a chance to see it. So that's why oh. I'm so behind saying as much as I can as far as nice stuff about it. I'm not, you know, you know, you and I know each other a little. We've hung out, but you know, okay. we're not like, you know, we're not besties. Just we don't know each other super well, is all. Oh yeah, right? but we you know, hang out a lot more if you came over. You know, we were absolutely. Able- but, you know, for the time we've hung out, you know, it's it's not enough for me to just – for people to be able to say I'm just sitting here talking up a friend's book because oh, that's yeah. not what I'm doing. This book is a book that, you know, I would love if I had met you face-to-face or not. And, Sweet. you know, I'm just trying to say that, people, because I want you to understand genuinely this is an amazing book. It's a special book. It's a beautiful book. It's something that uh, a lot of people are doing even though they're starting to do more of which is, you know, fantastic for me because this is right up my alley, man. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, of course. I mean, this yeah. big Star Wars fan, of course, that's uh, that's something that's a big influence on you and I. So, yeah. And it, and beyond that, it's it's it, it takes me to a time of a certain familiarity. <laughs> it makes me feel like Tron. You know Ooh, what I mean? Yeah. It makes it gives me that vibe. Not that they're alike in any way, but you know what I mean? Just where. Yeah, yeah, I didn't Sci- know what you mean. Sci-fi where you didn't have to explain how or why everything worked. Yeah, and That's it takes you I somewhere love. that is yeah. almost believable yeah. and different that yeah. uh, you just you just you just fall yeah. into it you just yeah. like it, it, that's the best kind of sci-fi is. like you don't sit there and juxtapose and explain to us in detail why this machine is doing this to that or oh mm-hmm. the ship's in trouble because of the quantum whatever happening in the fucking whatever <laughs> gosh you I, know? I can imagine me doing a panel you know somewhere yeah. down the road and and getting some questions on you know some of nice. this technology and stuff and i can't remember like i forget the stuff like like the one character's name is Nimrod. Right. He, he's a um, uh, engineered, genetically engineered uh, clone as well, human animal, and he's kind of like a eccentric genius. But uh, I came up with an, his name is actually Rod, which is an acronym. But his nickname in the book is Nimrod. They call him right. Nimrod because he's yeah. a pain in the ass. Well, I came up with Rod, what the actual acronym was for his name, but I can't. I put it. It's in some note somewhere, and I can't remember what it is. But <laughs> it's like stuff like that. I, I, you know, I, I, I forget how I figured this out. I, fly, I try to flesh stuff out, but then again, trying to retain it doesn't always stick. So. We, I just realized we haven't even actually really explained at all uh, what the book's about. So why don't you give your elevator speech for issue one, just so people have an overview of the story. Well, what it's not like is, <laughs> you know, when there's you're, no uh, evil dark, you know, there's that evil dark lord. Yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> you know, when you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're walking through the dark and you stub your toe <laughs> on something that you forgot was there. Yeah. It's not like that. <laughs> or you reach over to your side to scratch and you got this giant bump. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So no, what? What? <laughs> you know, it's just not like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gladly. Right. We're, <laughs> we're, I think this is a good approach. So, but what it is? Uh, yeah, it's it's a staunch ambition. It's a sci-fi supernatural. Right. So uh, one of my favorite aspects of any kind of sci-fi is when it gets into the spiritual or supernatural realm or issues. So the uh, my my pitch. I don't know if it's. I, I've never really. I've kind of evolved the pitch, and I haven't really looked at it to see if it really should be changed or whatnot. But in general, I have a tagline. It's, um, welcome to the new enlightenment. So the first enlightenment, we had the scientific age and technology, and as that keeps advancing, science and technology um, compiles to the point where through advanced technology, mankind, humankind, is able to enter into the supernatural. So that's the overall universe or concept right. and then within that we've got some of the things we've discussed like azurus you know had, uh, part animal and human and uh deals with some of the classic sci-fi questions of uh, what does it mean to be human or animal male female and conscious so right. these these clones tend to have a limited self-consciousness so um and Riel is one of the main female characters uh, who is on – well, I'll explain the title. Staunch yeah. is – there's a company in my story, Staunch Industries, that uh, is part of this advanced technology and one of the leaders. And they built this space station called the Ambition, which is kind of a reveal to the dynamics of the space station in issue one, which I hope came off the way I intended it. Um, with a, a double page spread, you open them, you see, oh, this is oh, where yeah. this, this is where the space station's at. Right. Um, so the ambition is the space station. Thus, my title has the uh, name uh, or the word station on an angle. Um, but anyways, uh, Riel was one of the lead uh, uh, supervisors on this uh, space station, and her whole story of uh, who is she, who are her real parents, is kind of something that is one of the main features in the story that I'm really excited to get into as well. So, and then the secret behind staunch industry's success and then what's Nimrod up to, which right. is uh, kind of where the shit hits the fan in the beginning. So, well, that's, what's nice is it's very ambiguous. I'm not a hundred percent sure who I'm rooting for yet. I'm yeah, not sure good, good, of the, good. of the intentions, but the actions have been so cool and, the story intricately interesting enough that I want to learn their amb their ambitions and learn their motivations go. for these reasons. So, you know. Yeah, so that's kind of the elevator pitch. I probably left out some stuff, but. So it sounds like for issue two, you're getting a little deeper into character, taking a little more time with that sort of thing. Uh, issue three is when we're going to start getting into like the real series as the character. Right. Um, issue two is going to continue this, uh, some more details of, uh, some of the stuff that's happened and have a pretty good cliffhanger at the end of this one as well. Nice. So yeah, you'll get to know the character some more, but the backstory is going to like some serious backstory, I should say, is coming in on issue, uh, three. Yeah. It's, well, it's right in the beginning. So you need to know that too it's one of those things where you're like uh, not just do i want to know where this story is coming but because of the way you set it up you want to know where it came from as well yep and yeah. i i'm obviously you know those all go hand in hand but you know it's like we said it's it's open-ended story begins let's go and uh you end up wanting to know so it's super rad the kickstarter 
for issue two will begin on March 3rd, yes? Right. Friday, March 3rd. You're still building. Do you have any exciting things about the Kickstarter itself you can tell us? You've got to have – well, one of the things I'll say to start is uh, uh, Kickstarter 1 for issue 1 you got to one of the points of Kickstarter is for people who are going to support you to have something you can only get through Kickstarter. So, yes, I have a exclusive numbered variant issue one, which is a double uh, almost a double size issue exercise issue where I combine the preview prologue issue with the uh, issue one. So I still have some of those left, which if you missed out on those, you can pick those up in the next Kickstarter um, issue nice. one's available the exclusive issue one, I still have a few numbered ones left. Um, and then, of course, I'm going to have a, a variant cover for issue two, which I think I sent to you and you yeah, see variant yeah, cover. Yeah. Um, so there will be an exclusive issue number two only available for, through Kickstarter. And then um, I also sent a box of books out to Koi Fam and uh, Freddie Williams, who did a, a couple of my covers, who work for Marvel, Disney, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. IDW, DC amazing artists and they signed a batch of books so i'm going to be offering signed copies of issue one and the preview issue by um the cover artist for issue one freddie williams and the cover artist for the preview issue koi fam so um so there's some exclusives there right right that is what the people want uh where can they right now get issue one of staunch ambition is it available anywhere well, yeah, they, they can get it on uh, my website. Actually, it was accepted at Comixology, which they're processing nice. it. Yeah, thanks. Nice. They're processing it for whatever they got to convert it or something. But uh, so that will be coming soon. But um, yeah, you can get it through the website. But um, if which someone's is? <laughs> uh, well, staunchambition.com. All right. Right. Yeah. Nice. It's, uh, an elegant weapon. CA. Dot CA. No, Staunch Ambition, everything's Staunch Ambition. Uh, Sorry about that, but Facebook, Twitter, it's all Staunch Ambition. You know, you go to Google, put in Staunch Ambition. Right, right. right. And and there's links to each one of them usually. So, but, uh, and then if someone's, you know, it'd probably be better to support the Kickstarter if someone wants to start out fresh because you can get exclusives that way. And then we can make sure that the issue two and three do do happen. So, so because that's the only way this is funded. So there will be reward tiers involving getting uh, issue one then as well? Yes. All right. Even the exclusives as well. Perfect. Guys, seriously, get out there and read Staunch Ambition. Uh, It is, in my mind, hopefully it has started a new wave of sci-fi awesomeness. Uh, I just want to say again before, because I'm so in love with these books, uh, Neon Black, which I'm going to have to bring you a copy. Uh, awesome. When I come out there by Kevin Briones, uh, you know, I know just from your own book that you're going to absolutely love that book. Uh, and and Salvagers, uh, Bob Sally. I have those. At, uh, I have Bob Oh, Sally. they're so good, eh? Yeah. He's going great. to be at Toronto Comic-Con March 17th. Uh, so we're very excited to have that boy down from Baston. It's going to be wicked fun having Bob Sally down here from Boston. So uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be good times. Source Point Press Kids coming up. Uh, and I have to mention, of course, April 7th to 9th, the great Philadelphia Comic-Con 2017. I am going to be there. I'm going to be hosting and moderating my ass off. It's going to be good times. That's a show you have to do. 
Awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. so jealous because you you were the man when you moderated that. That would just I I, I enjoyed that so much, man. And, oh, well, and you thanks, handled man. it well. So well, you know, it's fun. It's you I know, bet. it's easy to do what you love. And I'm a giant ham, so anytime you get me in front of people, <laughs> we're just gonna have a good time. Uh, staunch ambition, Brian Lau, dude. Thank you so much for joining us again on the show. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Enjoy Once it. Once again, uh, February 27th, 7 p.m. You've been seeing the post all week. Uh, we will see <laughs> yeah. you then, and we're going to have good times. But uh, as for now, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy.